Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, my God! You want a podcast? Great. So you have some audio on your website that nobody goes to. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. A lot of calls getting screened these days, Ken Flo, right? I mean, <laughs> are you home? Oh, you're not home? What are you doing? You at Target? Yeah, you got a mask on? You got gloves on at Target, Ken Flo? Oh, it's uh, Monday. I, oh, man. It's March 23rd, 2020, episode 242 of the Anakin Florian Podcast. Day 12 uh, for us here in South Florida of what has essentially been total isolation. Ken Flo's still smiling, though. I am still smiling. I get to talk to you. You're the only person I think I think besides uh, my family that I get to talk to kind of face-to-face. So right, the technology right. is, is helping us out here. We get to talk some UFC stuff, and uh, I'm excited, man. Lots to talk about. Still, even though there's no fights, a lot to talk about. Always. Always. We're going to get to a lot of your tweets and comments today at Anik Florian Pod on social media channels. Also, the YouTube comments uh, can certainly make their way on the air. Someone asked me how this quarantine in terms of homeschooling two kids, and then I got a a one-and-a-half-year-old. How do these weeks compare to a UFC fight week in terms of the preparation and the execution? I mean, I think I don't have to say for our audience what is the lesser evil. I mean, there's a lot of hard work to go around, but uh, this is intense being home. And I haven't even missed a show yet, right? Like, I was supposed to have these previous two weeks at home and then go to Columbus, Ohio, and obviously I'm staying put. But uh, it's definitely an adjustment, and I think there are a lot of people going crazy, having cabin fever, uh, just dying to go out and, and go into a building or give someone a hug and just not able to do so. 
Absolutely, dude. And I, I would say this. First of all, I hope this kind of gives everyone a little bit more gratitude just for the ability to go outside, you know, and, and for our own families. Just, you know, obviously we, we have little tastes of it, right? You and I, you know, have the ability to kind of be home for the most part. But uh, the jobs that our wives have as housewives wives uh it, it, it's extremely hard you have that much more respect for what they do yeah um, it's a lot of work man and uh again it, it's been good having this family time but at the same time um you know just to go back to your normal schedule and what we right. do routine I, you, I think you, a lot you of take, routine. you take that for granted man absolutely yeah. Homemaker is a brutal gig when you're not homeschooling your children right you guys hear me bitch about just doing homework mm-hmm. right and uh, academically, I think there's a lot of gains that can be made in a shorter amount of time and then try to be outside and, you know, got yeah. some guy over to fix the pool. So the kids have been going to the pool a little bit. So we're trying to kill the nice. clock and run the clock as best we can. We'll have some Instagram live stuff for you later in the week. Uh, I'll be doing something with ESPN, I believe, on Tuesday. Uh, and then we will be uh, doing stuff at Anik Florian Pod. Paul Felder going to get involved later in the week as well. So we're trying to bring some content your way. There are a lot of things going on in the mixed martial arts world in terms of fun Fighters making headlines. And Kenny, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So let's start with the next live event that is on the schedule. It's UFC 249, Khabib versus Ferguson, April 18th. So we sit here like 25 days out. I mean, I was asked many times this week, and I'm a betting man, you know, are you betting on this event happening? And I certainly would land on the side of betting on Dana White. I guess it would seem to me, and this isn't even informed speculation, it's just total speculation. That international might be more likely right now, given some of the gathering restrictions in the states. You know, I still believe like 60, 65 percent chance this thing happens April 18th. But it, I find it hard to believe that there's going to be some place in the U.S. Ten is such a tough number, right? Cut man, corner man, fighter. That's six right there. And you're leaving two right. corner men in the in the alley. You know, <laughs> well, that's going to say the, the rest of the teams will have to wait outside. Each right. one goes in. The other yeah. one goes down. It's, it's super easy. I don't know, man. I, I mean, that is a, a tough turnaround. Um, Listen, I think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen on April 18th. I, I think there's going to be uh, a little bit of delay. I, I hope it does. I hope Dana, you know, finds a way to make this thing happen. It's a huge fight. Um, you know, this is kind of like uh, Hagler, Hearns, uh, uh, you know, two guys in their prime at the top of their game, a fight that is as you know, a lot of people have been wanting to see for a long time. Um, it, it's a fight that also hasn't happened for other times. So, right. uh, uh, man, you know, um, you, you start to believe that this thing is cursed. I hope it isn't. I hope it does happen, and, and I hope it happens soon. The circumstance, the uh, global pandemic being the fifth thing to get in the way of this matchup. I mean, right. talk about, you know, stuff you just can't make up. Well, if there's any coach, though, that could get his fighter's attention from the parking lot, it's probably Ray Longo. So let's get to the uh, Ray Longo minute. It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. I value all my conversations with Longo on and off the air, so I regret that I missed his phone call this morning. Good news is we have the voicemail, so here was Ray earlier today uh, on my voicemail. <laughs> I really actually didn't know what fucking day it was, but uh, <laughs> I just don't get a chance to get between them and the, the podcast. Anyway, I hope you're hanging tough, buddy. This is 
know, we'll be on the end of the callback. I'll talk to you at one. All right, thank you. <laughs> there he is. is. There that? he is. That's, 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 that's right. That's definitely the sound of a guy that's just about to test positive. That's for damn sure. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, that John, do me we a favor. Don't ever make me listen to myself again. Now I know why I get all the fucking horrible uh, <laughs> texts and tweets and shit. Dude, I can't stand myself. And the thanks for that. <laughs> so, uh, oh, man. So Dude, I, I was dead serious. Of... I had no clue as to what day it was today. Not, not a clue. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because, you know, Felder literally right as we were going on the air texted me like he's going bananas, you know, in Philadelphia right now. And a lot of people obviously share those sentiments, Ray. It's especially for somebody like you who has obviously a routine and going to the gym every day. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you haven't been there in a while. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Well, not to work out, but uh, I have gone down to open it up. So uh, a couple of people get sparring in, but it's two people. Right. And I get the fuck out of there, and I have somebody else close up, you know. So uh, I'm trying to keep things going without putting anybody in Tom's way. But, I mean, right. just just fuck, really fucking crazy, man. It really is just I've yeah, – I, I could have never saw any anything like this come, coming down the pipe, man. This is absolutely bananas. Yeah, it's a, uh, a balancing act for a lot of people uh, in terms of business. So, uh, so how are you feeling? You sound okay. You sounded better last week. How are you feeling overall? No, no, I feel good. I feel good. I've been working out at the house, you know. Obviously, you know, keeping in touch with everybody. Uh, not everybody, but a couple of people here and there. And uh, just trying to figure out what the hell we're doing moving forward, you know, trying not to get caught, you know, not uh, not thinking about that type of stuff. So it's uh, it's been rough, man. It's been really rough, and it's, and it's only been a couple of days, so... We'll see what happens. When I see how Chris Wyman. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. You know, this Monday podcast has given us some sort of normalcy in terms of knowing what day it is. I mean, I certainly found myself on Saturday thinking it was a weekday and getting all out of sorts. And having Saturday be fight night, I think, gives us part of that normalcy as well. And I don't know. It's just a weird new normal. And hopefully it doesn't last too much longer. I think that the next four or five days could be pretty telling. Um, but maybe I'm too optimistic with the timeline. Ken Flo, I don't know. No, no, I'm, yeah, I agree. We're, we're with, doing I good. Next week is going to be is really going to be the, the telling sign of everything because I don't think people are going to last much longer. I think they're going to go nuts. Right, Ray. You know, obviously, uh, we we don't have a fight coming up or anything uh, in the distance. Some of your fighters that do have things coming up or just trying to stay in shape, how are they managing throughout the, uh, all this? I got to tell you, man, this is really, really rough. I mean, is doing good, I think, because, uh, you know, he's gone to Al's house a couple of times, and, you know, I let him in the gym to get his sparring in. Uh, yeah. But it's 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 really not right to the fight is what's going on. There's no place to go. I mean, how are you going to get your medicals? you got to get on a plane. I, I'm, I'm really confused as to the way this thing is being handled. And I, my, I feel bad for the fighters because... They still think they're fighting. I can't see that fight going on. I can't see. I, I agree with you with Ferguson and Khabib. That's going to happen, but it's going to be postponed. I don't know where they're going to do the fight or how they're going to get people there or how they're even going to get the medicals done. They just got something in the mail. You know, even if you feel sick with the virus, just call. Definitely don't show up at the doctor's office. I mean, yeah. you can't, how's, how's a guy getting a physical for this? I don't think anybody wants to hear that in the, in the, in the course of what's going on, at least in New York. 
with the whole, you know, the whole city on lockdown, you got to call up and say, I need a medical for a fight. I don't even know who's going to do that. Yeah, I think the worst part of it all, too, is being in limbo, right? Because you're not yeah, you don't really even know where you're sure fighting. that your fight's going to... Yeah, so now even your your intention of where you go and how you train is kind of thrown off. Now it, it it's kind of a a mindfuck if you, you yeah know, it, it is. So it is. Yeah, Kenny, you're a hundred percent. Look, even me, I'm telling you, I, I, like this isn't a big deal, but I mean, I literally work out every day in the gym. Like I went down, even if I'm working out, it's not the same. I'm not ball busting on people. Normally, I'm torturing everybody in the gym. We're right. we're laughing, right. we're screaming, you right. know. We're, and this, that, yeah. So mentally, it's not the same. Like, yeah, you could work out, but yeah. it's the camaraderie and everything else and that goes along with it that I think is a big part of it, you know, that brings up your spirits. And, you know, if you have a bad day, somebody's there to lift you up. Now you're on, you, right. you basically, these guys are on their own. You know, I, I look yeah. at this boring, you know, I have somebody film it, and then I, I look at it like that, but I don't, I don't want to do that like that. It's not what I do, and... You know, we'll we'll make it work, but it's just it it's it's a different vibe, man. It really is. Hundred percent. I mean, you see the difference between the guys that are training and that don't have a fight, and the guys that are training that do have a fight. It's two different mentalities. Uh, and I, I tell you what, if you're unsure and you're somewhere in between, and you have a fight coming up, that is dangerous for that guy. So I, I can't imagine having to deal with all this stuff, you know, uh, as a coach, let alone you know as a fighter. It, it, it's it's definitely confusing times right now. No, really, Bear. Look, even Mizuki was supposed to fight, what, this week? Is that the 28th is coming up, yeah, right? Yeah, five days from So I met her, what, last Sunday night? I'm like, Mizuki, you're not fighting. Like, it's not, like, she yeah. has no clue. But I'm like, yeah. I can't see that fight going on. There's no place to even, but, you know, we still trained, which right. was probably wrong, you know, for, at least on my part, as from a responsibility standpoint. And, wow. uh, you know, and the fight got canceled the day after that. Yeah. yeah, day after. I think it was Sunday night. I don't even know what week you know, it was, whatever it was, but I think it was last week. But it's, so, it's uh, fucking crazy, you know, because I got to come home. I got a wife and kids, and God forbid yeah. you're putting anybody at risk. I mean, it's, it's like it's not about, I'll, I, I yeah. honestly believe I would beat it because I feel great, but it's about right. who I'm going to come in contact with. That's where the responsibility thing gets really crazy. If the information is right, you don't want to be the guy that, passes on something like that to somebody that can't deal with it who the yeah. fuck wants to be that guy no of course I, I mean i have close family members that uh out of necessity have put themselves in great danger and uh it kind of is what it is and they don't like it and they're trying to do the right thing uh and satisfy different masters but it's really hard so uh marcos damata pahumpa my former jujitsu coach down here uh American top team West Palm Beach just closed now through March 29th because of new restrictions in Palm Beach County. So, Ray, Longo Wyman MMA, you're kind of closed to the public indefinitely right now. Like, when do you think you're getting back in there? I would just follow right now. Look, I think we're following the guidelines. At this point, you have no choice, John. It's right. it's mandatory closing. So, well, But New York, and New York is is more an epicenter for sure than almost anywhere else and than Florida. I mean, definitely in the U.S., New York's the epicenter. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not letting you open up, so I don't know. We're just following their guidelines. But, you know, the, the April 1st would be as optimistic as you could possibly be. Right, right. But yeah, I'll tell you, it week. keeps going like this. There is no longer Weidman gym. <laughs> I mean, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, hopefully there's still a Ray Longo minute, you know. Sparks is dropping left and right, but we're still going. Hey, Ray. Well, listen, uh, they have to listen to my voicemail. I might have to fire myself. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get Monster Energy. What the I have a tweet here from uh, Cheech Pastiche, Anakin Florian podcast listener. Uh, no questions, just thanks. Any chance you can give Ray Longo a topic that will get him riled up? Manic Longo is the best. So I'm trying to figure out what I can ask you to get you fired up. <laughs> That's basically any topic you bring up, I think. All right. So I'll bring up Chris Weidman looking like me in his basement training. No, he looked better than me, but it's amazing that he's training for a five-round main event right now, largely out of his basement. And I know he can open up uh, the gym that has his name on it uh, for select crowds, but again, the camaraderie, everything that that goes into uh, that training camp environment. I think about Ken Flo, how meticulous he was with every detail for these eight-week training camp. You know, all of a sudden have this as a variable. Uh, it's it's unthinkable, and uh, yet the reality for a lot of these athletes right now. Yeah, no, listen, man, I tell you, it's putting everybody in a very weird position because uh, it, it, we don't, you know, I don't know. It's uh, We're, we're going to wait like another week. He's doing his own thing, but, you know, he's got, you could see the size of his basement. It's probably as big as the gym. And yeah, if right. we have to, we'll it do is. something over there. But I got to tell you, there's, yeah. other, there's just too many other factors involved in exactly what Kenny was saying, like, is my head going to be straight doing this? You know, if I got things going on at the house or, you know, right. my wife today had to take her, her father's, you know, pretty banged up. She had to take him into the city, you know, to a doctor's appointment, Jeez. you know. So I got to make yep. a hard decision. I'm changing the locks as we do this now because I can't let her in the back of the house for like 24 hours. <laughs> I this is gonna, right. this no, is I know. A major, Kenny, this is going to cause a major problem here. Well, it's. There's no doubt that I think there's going to be there's a lot of family quarantining going on, and uh, I'm not blind to the fact that if April 18th comes around and I'm leaving the country, I'm going to not necessarily come home. Or if I do come home, uh, actually, I could be pretty comfortable in the garage, you know, just away from no babysitting, <laughs> no homeschooling. It might be all well, right. Look at, I can't do anything. I'm in the garage. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know Kenny, this is, the pro- this is the problem. They they mandatory, like it's mandatory now you quarantine. It ruined a lot of guys' act because they were self-quarantining the, themselves before right. this. Right. Now, now they, now they can't. They can't. They're, they're stuck with everybody right. else. But, uh yeah, this, John, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm getting on a plane anytime in the future. So this is this is really putting putting me in a predicament, you know. No, that's so, right. So where is is that Weidman fight in Oklahoma City? Weidman's in Oklahoma, and Frivola's in Nebraska. Right. So, uh, so those are some tough drives to the Midwest for for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You know, Kenny said about far. guys waiting in the alley, those those coaches in the alley. Put me down <laughs> yeah, for one of them. I'm in the alley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should just do it via microphone, you know, just, just corner via Zoom or FaceTime or something. Yeah, yeah we got yeah. technology now. Even that's breaking yeah. down. The internet's slow. Everything's <laughs> going. But I don't know what they're going to do, man. I don't know. This is really interesting. Nobody even knows where they're fighting. And, uh, you know, I just spoke to Favola because, again, I'm going to go down to the gym tonight just to let him in, like I told you. But, um, you know, the UFC emailed him and said, get your medicals done. I'm like, good luck with that, man. Right. So Unless right. Dr. Longo. 
has to get in yeah, there. Right. So he turns hey, when, the head when's, and off. when's Frivola supposed to fight again, Ray? He's the week after Khabib. He's in Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. So, Crazy. I mean, outside chance, I don't know. The way things are going. Yeah. And it looks Imagine like as they're testing, it's only going to get worse right now. Yeah. Yeah, I got to be pretty so, disciplined with that diet, man. You know, sitting home, not a lot to do, and got to weigh 186 pounds for Weidman. Nothing easy about it. All right, man. Well, uh, we'll yeah, let well, you get back the other to problem, it. problem, John. Like, that's the other problem. My wife says, no, we got the freezers full of food. I'm like, Tostitos isn't food. That's not what I'm looking <laughs> You know, this is, right, right. I might diet is to, to shit now. This is Don't horrible. Shit, yeah. I know. Ben and Jerry's well, doesn't count it, you know? I Unfortunately, did go on a, uh, I went on a donut binge for a while. I have since uh, gotten back <laughs> on a better path, but it was ugly. Over 50 donuts. Not all of them big donuts, but it was over 50 donuts uh, in a short span of days. So You could, yeah. you, you could use a couple of pounds. I have yeah. no leeway. Yeah. Hey, uh, <clears throat> last thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get you out of here on yeah. this. Sorry to clear my throat on the air. It's just, uh, you know, it's just been a tough couple weeks, folks, okay? <laughs> uh, one of our listeners, Bruce Marshall, uh, big fan of the show, relative newbie, five years now, an MMA fanatic. If I want to go back and see old fights, what promotion should I focus on, Pride or others? UFC Fight Pass, world's largest Fight Library, Ken Flo, I mean, what are you watching if you're, I mean, I would certainly watch some of Fedor Emelianenko. I might go fighter by fighter. I mean, promotionally, uh, Sengoku Dream, where are you sending Bruce Marshall? Ah, man, you know what? Uh, I've always been a Pride fanboy, so uh, watching watching the old Prides, man, are always a lot of fun. Uh, different rule set, uh, you know, longer rounds, and, um, you know, so many of the you know, for for me, the guys that I looked up to, uh, you know, coming up in the game, um, you know, so definitely check out some pride fights. Those are special. Takata Ray, in a was... diaper. It's worth it. Exactly. Yeah, hey, Don Ray, what Fry, was the Fry, first? Don Fry and whoever the guy was punching. The oh, face, remember that? Whoever, the whoever hockey he got fight. the hockey fight with. Watching Ta- fight. Takayama. Yoshihiro Takayama. Yes. The hot one. Classic. Classic. Yeah, classic. But I tell you, those old Dan Henderson fights were great with... Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Vandalay. Yeah, Vandalay. I mean, yes. you can't go wrong with those. Fedor, there's a, there's of a lot of good fights to go back and watch, man. Zufa era WEC. That's what I've been doing. Shogun, Shogun 2005, right? So, Ken Flo Circa yeah. 2008. Hey, Ray, <laughs> what, yes. what year was the first year that you cornered a, a mixed martial arts fighter? Uh, what year? I'm going to say, uh... 68, 69? What was it? It was probably UFC 31, I'm going to say. Uh, no, way before that. I don't even know. Probably 90. All right, well, that's your homework for next week. You got, I mean, you got a lot of time, I would think, to get me that answer, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, the the obvious thing is, uh... No, there is no obvious. There was definitely, uh... Maybe uh, Shoney Carter against Matt. I go with that. What year was that? 2002. And then we were doing shows before that. So, yeah, I don't know. Somewhere in the 90s. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, clean up that diet. Feel feel well, and and we'll talk to you next Monday, all right? All right, guys. Hang tough, man. Stay safe. You too, Ray. 
Ray Longo Minute every week here on the Anakin Florian podcast. A couple other things I want to get into. We'll bring on Ian Parker here in a little bit. A few other headlines for you. Gamebred YouTube channel. If you're looking to run some clock, Jorge Masvidal's got a YouTube channel. He was asked about challenging Khabib Nurmagomedov for the lightweight title. George has competed more than a dozen times as a lightweight in mixed martial arts. Hasn't always made weight, if memory serves, but has made weight the overwhelming majority of the time. But here's what he had to say about that Khabib fight. Uh, the Mula's going to talk, man. 155 such a battle with my weight. Once I'm at 170 to 173 pounds, I'm at 5 or 6% body fat already. Don't have a lot of room to play with to still get to 155. And then he said doesn't leave him the, the night of the fight in the best shape that he could be. He likes how he competes at 170, has that explosion, feels like he can not only explode a little bit more, but for longer, uh, and at 55, it would be a little bit different. So he feels like maybe he's rounded into form and found his weight class, and short of a, a huge monetary offer, maybe that's not the undisputed title that he's going to be chasing. Yeah, he really is uh, in, in between weight classes, to be honest, because he's not the biggest welterweight either. Obviously, you look at him compared to some of the other guys, like a Kamaru Usman, the current champ, uh, he's way smaller. Uh, but uh, it, it's an advantage for him because a conditioning is a big part of his game. His ability uh, to go and go hard throughout those 25 minutes is crucial. Uh, and just like I did at 145 pounds, you just don't feel that same kind of energy and strength. But it's interesting that he brought up Habib. I think he sees it as a big fight. I think that would be a huge fight. Um, I agree, agree. I agree with him that 155 pounds is not ideal for him at this point, but maybe it's big enough to be a super fight. I know the, the you know, the UFC isn't right. big on those, right. but, um, you know, two of the biggest names in the sport going at it. Why not? Obviously money talks for Masvidal, but those close to him have told me that the undisputed belt is really important to him. I know he has that BMF title, but to be an undisputed yeah. UFC champion, I think is something that drives him. We also have early odds here for a possible fight that could happen around the time of the Masvidal-Usman fight uh, for a fight between Justin Gaethje and Conor McGregor. Right now, Conor, a minus 180 betting favorite. Justin Gaethje, plus 155. Yeah, I mean, huge fan appetite for this fight, obviously. Uh, tweet here that aligns with these odds and Justin Gaethje, Ken Flo, uh, from Scott McCrate. Listen, watch your podcast every week. Can you talk about Justin Gaethje in his last three fights? Chances he is next for the title shot. And how great can he be? By far my favorite fighter to watch. So last three for Justin Gaethje, who, by the way, started one and two in the UFC. The last three, though, all have been wins. Uh, August 2018, uh, August 2018, James Vick knockout. Then the knockout of Edson Barboza was March of 2019. And then September 2019 knocks out Donald Cerrone. What do you think about him against Connor, and what do you think about him uh, for a lightweight title shot, kid? Listen, this is a fight that we've talked about a lot. Um, we've talked about this fight way back when, actually. Uh, this is one of the biggest fights you can make, um, not only uh, from the standpoint of two guys that are uh, big names in the UFC, but their styles. Gaethje is a guy that you know is going to come forward. He's going to look for the knockout. Conor McGregor is going to do the exact same thing. Um, it is the ultimate pressure fighter versus counter fighter uh, style matchup. Um, and I think it's, it's a fight that makes a lot of sense for both guys. Um, you know, I think for Conor, if you go out there and you have an impressive win against someone like a Justin Gaethje, um, 
I think that would be the win that would get him that rematch against Habib Nurmagomedov should he continue to be the champion. If it's Tony Ferguson, then obviously that would be a fight that hasn't happened before and would warrant him that title shot as well. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's a tremendous fight for Gaethje as well. You go out there and you beat, you know, the biggest star in the sport. That is huge. Everyone loves Gaethje. The way that he fights, that's the fight that needs to happen the UFC needs to make it happen, period. I agree. No, I agree. Couldn't have put it any better. Uh, all right, one more tweet here from at Mac Crafty. Going through the careers of your favorite fighters that are still in the game, who would you like to see have the most fulfilled ending to their storyline? Of course, you want to see everyone's career end on a high note, but which of them are most realistic of actually happening? So, mm. you know, favorite fighters is sort of a tricky term. Obviously, I try to treat this whole roster the same way. Just want to throw that out there. But certainly, I want to throw a few names out there because the Justin Gaethje conversation, I think, dovetails into this. I would yes. love to see Justin Gaethje break through and at least fight for the undisputed UFC lightweight title, given all he did outside mm. the UFC and and given all the work that he's put in. And I could probably give you a guy in every weight class, you know, Aljamain Sterling, uh, Kelvin Gastelum at 85. I think it is realistic that he can break through and on, on a Saturday night be the best middleweight in the world the korean zombie on any given saturday night at 145 pounds i would love to see him break through uh claudia gadelia you know at 115 i think it's going to be an uphill battle for her but uh shevchenko nunez i'd like to see the trilogy fight maybe see valentina break through there uh and then lastly for me i'd just like to see dominic cruz make that walk one more time i know he would not even like to hear me say that because he thinks he's going to win the belt again and power to him but those are some of the things that came to mind for me, Ken Flo. I mean, what are you thinking in terms of storylines and, and guys who you'd like to see go out on top, so to speak? Jeez, you know, um, I mean, Jorge Masvidal is one of those guys. I, I mean, right you look there. at what he's done in this sport for so many years, really was one of those guys that, you know, the fighters always respected and admired, uh, but the, the fans didn't really uh, connect with him for whatever reason until recently. Um, I, I would love to see him ha have a world championship belt uh, and the welterweight division. Um, you know, you could see Tony Ferguson finally getting that shot. He's a guy who's been doing everything possible, uh, you know, to, to, to be a champion, the, the actual champion, not the interim champion in that division. Uh, you'd love to see that story. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys out there, man. Um, so many great fights that still need to be made. Uh, and you know, we're, we're getting closer to those things, but then this whole coronavirus has thrown things off. Yeah. Uh, it, it's tough, man. Um, I, you know, to get back to what you were talking about with Dominic Cruz, how is he doing? Is he back a hundred percent training now? And and I know, did he, and, and did he turn down that Sanhagen fight? Was that a fight that was proposed or, you know, I believe that Sanhagen has come out and said that the timeline worked for Dominic and then all of a sudden it didn't. So, uh, gotcha. yeah, I think he has respectfully declined that fight, but gotcha. I still believe, you know, I haven't seen him in a while, but I still believe June, July, he'll be ready to go. I thought he'd be ready to go in mid May. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we do see the gotcha. dominator here at some point in 2020, Definitely. but thank you for injecting Tony Ferguson into the conversation because I probably should have led with that. I think most of the MMA masses have some such an appreciation for his body of work and and maybe not the Khabib fans, but I think a lot of people out there would, would like to see Tony uh, break through. Uh, and you know what tells you that Tom Brady is a true UFC fan, by the way, because he follows Tony Ferguson on Instagram. And you know nice. what Tom Brady is hitting that follow <laughs> button. Pretty selective with it. That's right? awesome, dude. Tony Ferguson gets the follow. Speaking of which, another fan question here. Tom Brady, officially a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Will J.A. or K.F. be buying a new jersey once the Bucks reveal their new 2020 designs? I don't know if this logo 
doesn't speak loudly enough. I don't know that I'm going to be buying Tampa Bay Buccaneers jerseys and swag for my kids. We may drive from Boca to see a game uh, to support uh, Sean Shelby's cousin there, Tommy. But no, I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. I don't need any Buccaneers gear. Uh, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, here's a guy who is, you know, an amazing competitor, a, a true champion inside and out. Um, I will be cheering for him. Um, I hope he does well. Oh yeah, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to get the the Tampa yeah. Bay Bucks. No Buccaneers uh, jersey. jersey. But yeah. yes, I agree. I'll be I'll be rooting for the guy. I'll be rooting harder for Bill Belichick yeah. though up there in Foxborough. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn sure. All right. Support for the Anakin Florian podcast comes from the official electric razor of UFC Manscaped. Have you ever had an awkward moment where you had to grapple with someone who had a full bush coming out of their singlet? No. Well. <laughs> Thankfully, Manscaped has everything you need to keep your package nice and tidy. Manscaped truly is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, and their top-notch ball trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0 will keep you clean without nicks and cuts. They've also partnered with top-tier MMA athletes Max Holloway, Francis Ngannou, Brian Ortega, and many others who understand that hygiene matters and also know what it takes to be the best. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, redesigned the Lawnmower proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, which makes manscaping accidents a thing of the past. MMA fans out there, please do not use Use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just off-putting. Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their new Perfect Package 3.0 to step up your grooming game. Not just the trimmer, everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And we're giving you 20% off with free shipping with the code AF right now at manscaped.com. Give the perfect gift to your balls and your sparring partner. Get 20% off free shipping with the code AF at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code AF. Thank you, Manscaped, for supporting mixed martial artists worldwide. All right, at Parker Cage Hero on social media, Ian Parker now joining us live from his palace in Parkland, Florida. You know, you're so good about engaging fans on social media, responding to the YouTube comments. So the best YouTube comment on this week's episode is going to win a Lawnmower 3.0. I got my Lawnmower 3.0 somewhere here. We got the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 right here. Appreciate them staying by this podcast, by the way, with everything going on in the world. So best YouTube comment chosen by Ian Parker on our YouTube channel wins the Lawnmower 3.0. I like it. I like it. All right. Ian, before we get to uh, anything you have on Khabib and Tony, the likelihood of the fight, where you think this might go down, uh, today was supposed to be the day that we recap the UFC London show and the main event between Tyron Woodley and Leon Edwards. So I wanted to lead the show with this, but I wanted your input, so I saved it for now. So I dressed up as T. Wood for Halloween, right? Like I've spent time with his family in (laughs) Ferguson, Missouri. I've been to his high school. I absolutely love the guy. Um, but Ian, for my money, there's no defense for not giving Leon Edwards this opportunity at this point in time. I know there are legs maybe for a Colby Covington fight. Uh, he was on submission radio and said that he's moving on, wants the Usman rematch, but, uh, it's gotta be Woodley and Edwards, right? Yeah. This wasn't one of those where, uh, Edwards pulled out for any other reason other than there's a pandemic going on. (laughs) You know, this is, this is one of those where like. You know, you get it. You get the mulligan for it. It, it. Listen, if they don't give him this fight, that's just criminal. I, I don't see a reason to put Woodley against Colby Covington just yet. I don't know where Colby Covington in his brain. I know he's got this gimmick going on. There's no reason to give him the rematch against Usman. I think we know it's going to be Usman versus Masvidal. 
I like Leon Edwards versus Tyron Woodley. And honestly, I want to see Colby Covington versus fucking Gilbert Burns. You know, I want to see some guys after they lose a title fight, drop down a couple of slots, fight some top competition. I think someone like Burns has earned that. I think Leon Edwards versus Woodley is the right fight to make. I don't really see a reason to book them otherwise. You know, I mean, look, if, if you're going to pull the fight from Edwards because you're saying he didn't take the fight under whatever circumstance, well, Woodley apparently said yes to Gilbert Burns, but they didn't make that happen either. So it's not like anyone's really at fault here. So I do agree with you. I think Leon Edwards versus Woodley should remain intact and just hopefully get put on like a mega card in July if this thing blows over by then. Kenny, I think it would be a travesty for Leon Edwards to lose this main event fight against Woodley. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Leon's next fight, if there's an injury or something, could be for the title. If memory serves, he might have even been brought in at one point to make weight or rumored to be. Um, what do you think happens with Leon Edwards? Listen, I think it's a fight that needs to happen. I think, you know, you got to reschedule this for, you know, another time, another date, another location. Uh, but why shouldn't this fight happen? The, these are two guys that uh, want to fight each other. I, I think it's a great matchup. Leon, Leon Edwards deserves this shot. Um, I, I think for Tyron Woodley, he probably sees it as a fight that really doesn't give him a whole lot if he wins. Uh, if, if he wins, eh, okay, that's what he was supposed to do. If he loses, he gets knocked down the ladder big time. So I, I think maybe he's feeling some of that pressure a little bit. I, again, I, I can't speak for Tyron if that's what he's thinking, but uh, looking from the outside in, that's that's the way I, I kind of see it, of why Tyron might be leaning towards maybe a bigger name and a guy that he truly wants to punch in the face like Colby Covington. And of course, Tyron is a former champion and has some leverage with that status, defended the belt multiple times, did accept the fight against Leon Edwards in Edwards's backyard, so to speak. So uh, I understand why at this point Tyron would have some motivation to move on, but I don't know. I just feel like from a competitive standpoint, it was the fight divisionally that made sense. They both agreed to it, and I would hate to see Leon, given his body of work, lose that fight. Uh, tweet here from Apollo and Artemi. Artemi, is it? I don't know. With all these fights postponed, the entire roster might be ready to fight when we come out of the lockdown. Do you think the latter half of 2020 will have the most stacked cards of all time? Ian, I think we've talked about this in text and offline. It just depends on how long this delay is, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that UFC 249 could have three or four main event type fights because guys are just jonesing to get back in there and on the earliest possible date. All of that being said, there are still 13 fights on the card as presently constituted, and you don't want to get into too much reshuffling, you know? Yeah, I think right now we're, we're not, if, if things were to stop today, you know, we missed what on two cards. That's not a crazy amount to kind of, you know, replace and shuffle in there. However, if we get into like July and all these cards are gone, imagine that one card that we get. You know, it, I heard rumors of like DC and Stipe and Usman and Masvidal on the same card. You know, right. something like that could happen, which it usually does. And you could have a lot more double title fights as the Coleman and Maine. Um, yeah, that's and that's going to be actually... Man, and I actually have not even thought about this, but for guys on the bottom tier of the ranks on the prelims, the prelims are going to have a whole different level of value now because you're going to have main card fighters that are just going to want to fight and they're going to have to deal with that. So I'm hoping we don't really get too far into the future where we get yeah. so delayed that because then it's going to put guys out of work for longer, even though the UFC will be pushing forward. Go ahead, Kenny. 
<laughs> it's an easy it's an easy solution not to cut you off it's an easy solution we have anik calling the fights from 9 a.m to about 10 o'clock at night a yeah, 36 fight card anik has that i know he's he's up yeah. for that yeah. just the research for that imagine anik just completely losing his mind in the week leading up to that Bro, well, listen, I'm losing, but John, I'm John. Me anxiety right now. <laughs> I what? know. That's why I said it. But he's got the little piss thing, so we know he can do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I got my Get travel him. John. Pull it out. Pull the travel John. Oh, yeah, I'll show you the travel John really quickly. We're not going to do this every episode, folks, but there's the yes, travel are. John, the uh, disposable personal urinal bag with the uh, Lixorb super absorbent pouch. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about right but now, but it's fine. Kenfo, my uh, big fear was like a 15 or 16 fight card. You know that's happening. I guess we'll just hopefully <laughs> oh, yeah. just turn and burn and keep going. Double so, it. Uh, Double it. You know, we got Double this header. tweet here uh, from uh, Kevlar Cook, uh, at Cook Kevlar on Twitter. Which big promotion is mo most likely to fold as a result of this pandemic, I, I, by the way, speaking of uh, this pandemic, Ian, I don't love the background noise, but I understand it's a global pandemic, so I'm dealing with it. Um, so I don't think any promotion's going to fold, Ian. Ian, don't be so sensitive. It's okay. I don't. I don't think any major promotion's going to fold. I think there are a lot of network challenges, right? Um, if you're DAZN, right, and you're not putting on live events, if you're the UFC not putting on live events, there are challenges. Um, but I, I would imagine promotionally, everybody's going to stay intact. Ian, what do you think? Sorry, I'm outside. I, I didn't realize the wind was making that much noise. There's literally no one awesome. out here. This is, dude. This is like a ghost community. Everyone is inside. It's fucking beautiful right now. I don't uh -huh. hear anybody. And my sister lives next door. It's great. I don't have to see her at all. Uh, sister-in-law. Sorry, uh -huh. that makes more sense. But um, ah, oh, man. Um. I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? You kind of threw me off with the sound. Well, I don't know that promotionally. Oh, that's yes, right. I got any you. of the big players okay. in any great danger. I, I am sort of hopeful that in a month we're talking about fights here. Maybe I'm way too ambitious. No, you know what? Even if we were to go six months, let's just say, I think all these companies oh, really have God. a lot of money. I'm not, John, I'm just trying to have you do a complete 24 hour card that you have to call straight. That's what I'm, no. that's my goal right now. No, but I'm saying though, there's a lot of companies out there, even movie theaters spoke about this, that if they were out, they have money up to two years where they can function without folding under. So when they, when you have companies like the zone and the UFC, you know, and you know, other major broadcasting, I think they're good. I'm not worried about any of them really folding, you know, and even the regional circuits, if you want to go into that much depth, their cost only happens when they're renting out space. You know, and as long as they're not right. spending money, they're not losing money. So I, I don't think anyone's really in danger to that extent. Maybe the valuation on the UFC because of Endeavor, but that's they're not their IPO is not even out yet. So they should be fine. Hey, Kemflo, got a tweet here from UF Triple C. Any cardinal rules when it comes to commentating? Like if someone was about to walk out for their first gig, what would the one few key things you would mention to them? Be safe out there. What do you think? If if they were about to make their UFC debut, what would I tell them? To, to they were about on? to make their commentating debut. Ah, yes. What would you tell them? Uh, you probably don't want to put too much in their head walking out there to grab a microphone for the first time. I mean, right. what would you tell I, them? Well, I would say this. I, I think it, it depends what role they're in, right? If they're in uh, my role, I guess, I, I guess. Going out there and, first of all, doing your research the best that you can, knowing the fighters, uh, and then just 
talking like you're talking about fights. It's something you love to do, giving uh, people an insight into a conversation between you and your buddy. Um, I think making that as educational and as exciting as possible, I, finding that balance, I think, is key. I like that. I would just say uh, less is more to quote our late, great pay-per-view producer, Bruce Connell. Bruce. You know, touchdown Titans. Sometimes that's all you need. So yep. uh, I would say less is more and try to play to your strengths. Like I will never be a lifelong martial artist. I hate jujitsu class. I've skipped it 33 straight weeks, <laughs> you know, and you know, it's far away. But if they have beginners classes at Coconut Creek, I will go and I'll start to go weekly. Maybe we'll find a little no gi. Maybe we'll wear like a rash there guard. You, instead. you know, it's because Pope was like, you can't tie your belt yet. It's like, no, I can't tie it that have it stay for the whole class, you know. Is this just pain? You got you, you got to work. Here? You got to work on that belt, man. Come on, I got a lot of time now. You would think I, I got know mats, but you have no one to train with now. Otherwise, I got daughters. I got a couple. I got Ian Parker, but I don't want to. Uh, he's. I don't know if he has socially distanced himself to a great enough extent. He looks kind of Corona. Socially right distant. <laughs> look at this right now. I'm as fucking distant oh. as they get. <laughs> look at the look at the palace there. The palace. Stop. Stop. No, I've been socially, dude, you'd be so proud. There was 12 kids in my cul-de-sac and I, I was like Boo Radley from the Killabaki bird. I was like throwing things at them to go inside. I was, I don't, I'm not having it. I, I thought Parkland was the name of the city he lived in, not just his estate. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I was, that was a compliment from TJ. Oh, I missed you. That was good. That was good. <laughs> that was uh, good. Tweet here from Blake at Woolman seventy two forty two. What are your post fight rituals for once you get back to your hotel room after such a long broadcast? So, uh, PG thirteen version here about four thousand <laughs> calories. I would say uh, it's a lot about calories at that point, as Ken Flo can attest. You know, I squeeze into that little suit. I do cardio like seven straight days before the show, and then uh, I probably. I, Kenny, I probably put on four pounds, five pounds from the time I get off the air to the time I go to the airport. <laughs> hey, that, that's uh, for, for, for the most part. But, dude, we've been together in certain cities where everything is closed up. Yeah, that is right. And we can't eat anything. You and I that's are right. just sitting there with you know our thumbs in our mouths just talking. Yeah. And, that's right. Yeah, we, we do. Have we suck problem. our thumbs when we can't yeah. uh, get yeah. food after the fight. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, Ian, I'm going to throw this one your way from uh, Jimmy Lawson. When will UFC start using a commentator who live scores again? Feels like a no-brainer now that you're using three-man booths regularly. It delegitimizes otherwise great calls you and Joe have had on recent fights when nobody can articulate who might have won a close championship fight. So I understand the value of having some talking head on the broadcast, even a Trevor Whitman type maybe who is solely focused on scoring. But as Ken Flo can attest, and Ian, I'm sure you can speak on this uh, there's just so much else going on uh, in your ear and otherwise with broadcast formatics. I know fight fans are probably like, well, you should be focusing on the fight. And we are focused on the fight, but not always focused as uh, on scoring individual strikes, as Joe Rogan has said, you know, ad nauseum. Ian, what do you have? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's an interesting question. I just couldn't picture you or Joe, whoever is, you know, part of your team well, at, at the time. Me. It wouldn't be the play-by-play guy. It no, would no, no, be... no, I know. I'm just saying whoever was in the booth in general, like you said, even as someone from the outside looking in, there's so much going on constantly for, on a production standpoint, all the things you guys got to throw out there. I think it would have to be like a Trevor Whitman type of situation if they were to do that. But that would be challenging. I couldn't. Imagine. And plus, sometimes uh, guys that are there with you have... 
partners or friends that are fighting. It could be a little biased here and there. So I couldn't see that happening anytime soon. That that would be a ch- that'd be a real challenge. Kenny, isn't it hard to score a fight? Uh, well, in a lot, even when you're home, right? It's not always easy unless you're totally isolated. What would you? I mean, I know you'd say yes because you're a company guy, but if if the UFC asked you uh, to score the fights while you're commentating and put your scorecard on the screen, um, that that's 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 a lot, I think, to ask of a commentator. I know promotions do it. I think it's a lot to ask of a of an analyst. I think so. I, I think it should be someone who is separate from the broadcast. Yeah. Um, and, and that's Harold what Letterman, uh, right. Harold Letterman used to do, right? He he would kind of inject his opinion in between rounds or you know as the round uh, is about to get started uh, because your focus can only be on that. It, it can't be on calling action and then scoring the fight. It's just not going to be uh, as accurate as you would like. You really need to kind of isolate yourself and watch that fight to score it. Watching yeah. it to watch it is different than watching it to score it. So it should be someone whose singular job is only scoring each and every round. From around UFC 38 to UFC 43, 44, that's what Eddie Bravo's role was with the UFC. And and what are your recollections of that, TJ, in terms of its value? It was solid. Um, I think, you know, MMA was still in that adolescence period, uh, you know, from being covered as a whole sport. So it wasn't executed you know, quite the way that I think it would be today. But, um, yeah, I miss it. I, I like to, you know, hear an expert who is doing nothing but scoring the fight, you know, sort of, uh, you know, show the hands of the potential judges. But at the same time, like, right. j- just because you get a guy that's pretty educated scoring fights and only doing that doesn't mean that we're, you know, clued in at all anymore on how the judges are actually seeing it. Ian, what do you have? You know, you know what I think. Well, Kenny, Kenny said a way better version of what I said, and I really agree yep. with TJ here because there have been times where I've texted you after the fight, and when one of the guys who's doing it with you makes a comment about what he thought the rounds were, and I, and I say like, "What was he watching?" Because sometimes they're completely off, and it's not their fault. You know, both Kenny and TJ are saying what they're saying is right. It's the isolation thing. If that's your sole purpose and sole focus to do the scoring off to the side. Yeah. It can work, and it could be an entertaining factor. Um, but if it's while distractions are going on, it's gonna be it's gonna be off because if they're not right, it's a really bad look. And Trevor Whitman's focus is trying to enhance the broadcast from an audio and visual perspective, so he's not going to be your guy. You need, like, the people's judge. To Kenny's point, like a Harold Letterman type, ideally who's not even in the arena, who could just be piped in audio-wise. I do think one of the pitfalls you have, though, is that the people's judge comes on and gives his scorecard, and then maybe an analyst goes back, and it becomes sort of a big part of the narrative, and then you're not talking about mixed martial arts, you're talking about, you know, who's winning all the time. So sometimes I feel like the broadcast can get way away uh, or just go way down the scoring path, but we probably spent a little bit too much time on that as well. Uh, this one from Dennis Donahue. Can I get a shout-out to DS from Ken Flo? I always tell people Kenny is the biggest sports star to come out of Dover Sherburn. Dover Sherburn excuse me for fucking that up. My question is where should I train BJJ when I'm back in Dover with the rents? I do want to add to that that Ken Flo is the most searched human being uh, in Dover, Massachusetts. And now, Ken Flo, your mic is hot. You can respond to Dennis there. There's only 5,000 people in Dover. So, hey, you know, 
It's a, it's a and tiny all town. fucking chasing Ken flows. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. You know, unfortunately, I don't think there's a whole lot as far as what's close to, uh, Dover. Of course, I'm going to recommend uh Florian martial arts center. Uh, but with some traffic, it could be, it could be about a 45 minute drive. It depends. But, um, I, I, I don't know what's around there these days. You know, Dover is very isolated, uh, and away yeah. from Boston. So I don't oh, know what, what's close. Yeah. Not a lot of street street lights there in Dover. I got pulled over after a party in Dover once. Did you? Uh, bloodshot eyes, speeding <laughs> ticket, be on your way. So, Ian, uh, unless you have something to piggyback there, I want to get your thoughts on Khabib and Tony. Did you have a final word there? Are you good? No, I'm not very familiar with, with Dover, but now I'm going to look up and see if I can find someone more popular than Kenny that came yeah. there. Because uh, yeah. I think out of the 5,000, I wonder how many of those have, are of the Florian family as well. That's So that That's shouldn't right. count. That's true. My younger brother Dave sent me that Google map. He's like, dude, nobody's searching for anybody else in Dover, Mass, except for your guy, Kenny. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so, Ian, where is Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson going to take place, right? It's the question that I most want to know as I sit here in isolation. Um, what's your best guess here as we sit here, you know, 25 days out? Not just to whether or not the fight's going to happen, because uh, mm-hmm. I think that's anybody's guess at this point. But where's this fight taking place? I got to start driving. Uh, if it's not outer space, which Tony would be really happy about, or if it's not on some <laughs> freaky yeah, fucking that'd be a boat home game dock, for Tony, <laughs> Tony home game, right? Um, if it's not in some boat, just docked somewhere like, uh, like the gangs in New York, I think it's going to happen in the apex in Vegas. Cause I think yeah. what they said was, um, their suspension was up what, like the end of March or two weeks into April. So they'll have time to really put it together there. I think that was kind of the loophole why Dana is still pushing towards that situation so if it was my guess right now unless dana has some sort of invisible plane and he gets his boy trump to let him fly out of the country he puts all the fighters he puts all the crew on his fucking private jet (laughs) they fly to dubai you know unless they have just one fight is it just gonna be tony versus uh khabib in another country just one fight card like uh jds versus kate on fox i don't even know what's gonna happen you know because i don't (laughs) at this point it's crazy they're gonna have this fight no matter what and if it's just the two of them fighting by themselves in Khabib's basement in Russia, they'll fucking do it. Well, so. let me ask you this. That's the fight you want to pay for anyway. So when, most, when you're buying the pay-per-view, you're buying it for that fight anyway. So even if you had two or three fights out there and it's from wherever the hell, you know, right. even Singapore right. that really doesn't have an issue or whatever, and we've done fights over there before, or the Apex, whatever it is, you're going you're gonna to pay that money most likely to watch that fight, right? And I say you do fuck it. Best two out of three. They both got the cardio, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. First time ever an Iron Man MMA match, Tony versus Khabib. That would be fucking yeah. sick. Just a little <laughs> glue for Tony. It'd be fine. So I think the UFC <laughs> Apex is most likely. I really do. I wouldn't be surprised if they're building like isolation booths in that UFC Apex right now. You know, glass going up to the ceiling of the octagon, whatever it takes. But I do believe that having their own arena and their own compound and campus, uh, I, I don't know. I just think that uh, somehow, some way, the big date I think right now is this Wednesday, March 25th, and a lot of you will be watching or listening to this after the fact. But that is when the Nevada State Athletic Commission will reconvene. And you know, who knows if you get a mid-April clearance date? Obviously, the gathering has to be less than 10 people. I think right now, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, all right. Before we let you go, 
early lean on the fight. I mean, Khabib Nurmagomedov is the betting favorite right now. We'll start with Ian and then get to Ken Flo. I don't need a prediction here. Uh, I was actually going to get your Nganu Rosenstrike prediction uh, because that's the fight that was supposed to be happening this weekend. But uh, Khabib, Tony, early lean, Ian, are you going to bet the fight? Have you done so already? No, I, I haven't bet the fight yet because I'm kind of hoping that Tony gets into the bigger underdog situation. You know, look... Uh, this is this is probably one of the hardest fights to break down in regards to what we're going to see because Tony's got the cardio, he's got the output, and we haven't really seen a whole lot of people bring the fight to Khabib. Uh, and Tony is just different, you know. He just doesn't stop. His recovery with his injury alone should freak you out. I still think Khabib can put him on his back and he could go five rounds doing that. But can Tony get back up? Maybe. You know, he's got the cardio and round. Oh, Kenny's licking his chops right. He's going to destroy me right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this this is going to be a, a good Ken Flo prediction. I still think Khabib gets it done. I think he has to put Tony on his back. I think Tony's uh, striking is better. I think his combinations. I think he's just so unpredictable that it could give Khabib a little bit of trouble. If Tony can keep this fight standing, I think Tony does win. But we say this about every fight against Khabib, and he gets the fight to the ground, and Everyone who wrestles him says it's like going against a silverback gorilla, and I don't yeah. doubt that. So at the moment, uh, listen, if Tony's odds shoot up as an underdog, he gets the plus two and change. I don't yeah. mind taking the stab, but it's hard to go against Khabib ever. So that's where I'm leaning at the moment. Kenny, there are myriad reasons why this is the singular most anticipated UFC fight ever for me. Uh, how do you see it playing out? Do you have an early lean here uh, four weeks out? You know, the determining factor for me, and I, I thought uh, Ian did a great job of breaking it down. Um, I, I think that when you look at Habib Nurmagomedov and his approach, he's a man who makes very few mistakes. Um, that is his strength, and it could potentially be his weaknesses as, as well. And I'll tell you why. Have you guys ever seen Habib? like really hurt in a fight really had to come back and do a gut check and come back to win that fight. Have you ever seen him in that situation in his whole mixed martial arts career? No. One time, maybe against Michael Johnson for a split second. Yeah. That, that was, was a split second, right? Okay. Now yeah. what about Tony Ferguson? Have we seen that? Have we seen that guy come back from almost death? Yeah. He, he's done it against, several against times. Lando, right against he's Lando done it Venata. several times. He's done it several times. Edson Barbosa had him hurt at one point. Uh, you know, even, uh, what was it, maybe two fights ago. Well, either way, you know, we've seen it many, many times. Um, you don't really know how someone's going to react to something like that. It, it, um, it, it, I'm not saying Habib is going to fold all of a sudden. He has, absolutely is a tough guy. I expect him to, to come back from things like that. But experiencing something like that in yeah. a huge fight, is something you're never quite sure of how a fighter is going to react in that situation. We know how Tony's going to react. We don't really, really know how Habib's going to act. And Tony Ferguson is the kind of guy, the way he beats you is not by knockout, it's not by TKO, and it's not by submission. He breaks you from the inside out. He breaks your will. He torches you. He makes you suffer to the point where you start to doubt yourself of whether you can actually continue fighting an absolute savage in front of you. And, and Tony Ferguson is the kind of guy, and we know this, and this is no exaggeration. This is not hyperbole. He will die in that octagon. He's willing to do that. He's not going to tap, and he's not going to go down without completely being asleep. That we know in Tony <laughs> Ferguson. So that's what makes this fight so interesting. Yeah. And that's what makes this also kind of hard to predict. You got to assume Habib Nurmagomedov, 
undefeated at this point. You know exactly what he's going to do. You can't stop him anyway. He's wrestling, and his positional game is tremendous. That's how he's going to win this fight. That's how he wins every single fight. Can he do that against Tony Ferguson? Yes, sure, absolutely. Um, But Tony Ferguson can create chaos in the octagon like no other. And he has the ability to come back from certain death many times. And when you see a guy and you think you're going to beat him and he gets back off the canvas again and again and again, that alone can defeat a lot of men. Well, you're not sure if you're actually fighting a man or some kind of dark force. (laughs) And Tony Ferguson is just that. Yeah, he is the dark force. Ken Flo, you're making my balls tingle, bro. <laughs> Dude, Kenny just went nuts. I love it. Holy shit, this fight's going to be sick. It's better fucking happen in space. Oh. I don't care. UFC, oh my UFC God. doesn't even have to pay me for that. How's that? Yeah, just yeah. cut it up. Good. Credit the podcast. All right, Flo, yeah. before we go, uh, Meraki yeah. BJJ closed in definitely uh we are doing some tutorials in there and stuff but yes we we've been closed uh we were probably the second academy to close up unfortunately we we just wanted to keep everyone safe and now it's an la order the city of la i think has closed us down or all gyms down i think till the 19th of april uh so we're we're kind of waiting and now that could change as well they could kind of reopen if things are going well but um we're at least prepared for that that has been tough on our gym um you know again there's a lot of bills that we need to pay and um we are we are running a very tight ship right now so we're a little worried you know can we handle it for a month sure two three months yeah that's a different story that's a different conversation so we're hoping we're we're able to stay open we're hoping that our our students continue to support us and same goes for Floyd martial arts center in in brookline massachusetts and um you know we we've been we've been uh very grateful uh that that we've had uh you know good academies on both coasts and and we hope that they continue to support us but of course a, a lot of these people that are in these gyms they they're in tough times as well of so course, of course um you know we're hoping that this resolves itself uh, sooner than later all right ip anything else before we let you uh go trim that beard with your lawnmower 3.0 oh no that's for your uh below the waist yeah, yeah. don't get if it twisted if Sorry. I don't come out of this quarantine looking better than Tom Hanks from Castaway, I'm gonna be so yeah. mad. I want hair down to here. I want Do the it. beard. I want Do everything. It. No, well, I look terrible that? even now. Hey, well, I, I'm that? Even right now. I, I heard when you're a dickhead, you can use the lawnmower on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. TJ, right, hit we gotta go. We gotta go. Before we go, though, we want to congratulate our new chief marketing officer, Cody Merrow. Thrilled to have him part of the show going forward. Kid's an absolute beast. Anakin Florian podcast merchandise via the new website. It all launches on April Fool's Day, maybe even by next Monday's podcast, March 30th. We'll see how quickly we can get this done. But by April Fool's Day, all the merch you can handle, bro. Uh, I think it's going to be AnaFlorianPodcast.com, but details to come. Uh, and hopefully by next week, we will be live on the show again. We'll have news on uh, maybe a destination for UFC 249, Khabib versus Ferguson. With that, we got to get out of here for uh, TJ DeSantis, Cody Merrow, Ray Longo, The Duck, Ken Flo, John Amstan. So long for now. We will talk to you in less than seven days. Until then, stay safe, stay low, don't text and drive you later. Sports betting.
Boxing is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. Hello, I am Dr. George Jesus Mesa, a clinical psychologist and collector of Chicano Latinx art. For generations, we have known of the healing powers of art at an individual and community level. Please join us as we interview prominent artists, collectors, curators, and influencers in the world of Chicano Latinx art. We will explore historical, regional, and political influences that impact Chicano Latinx art today. Along with our partners at www.latinoarte.com, we are preserving the colorful and rich history of Chicano Latinx art for future generations, one interview at a time. Please join us at Healing with Dr. George, the power of Chicano Latinx art, wherever you listen to podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Becklass AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.